Today uh, I want to share uh, from God's Word on a topic of discovering faith. Discovering faith. And this first part is um, the worst case scenario is just the title I've kind of put this. Discovering faith. But let's read uh, to begin in Acts chapter 9, 1 through 6, and then 15 through 20. It says the following. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He replied, Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And we're going to jump down to verse 15. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man, referring to Saul, is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show, them, show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I pray that right now that you would give grace upon grace, both to me as I share my heart and share from your word, but also to each of us to receive from you this day by the power of your spirit. Speak to us through, through what you want to share. Lord, help us to draw closer to you today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Today we're discovering a new series called Discovering Faith. Uh, and the account of Saul's conversion on the road to Damascus is probably the most dramatic conver conversion or transformation story that we see in Scripture. Uh, it starts off in verse 1 with Paul breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. And then in verse 20, it ends with Saul preaching that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, you want to talk about taking a step in your faith? Paul didn't take a step. Paul took a leap. You know, when they went to the moon, they said, this is one small step for man. This is one giant leap for mankind. I mean, that's nothing. Paul took a huge leap in his faith. In just a few moments, we're going to dig deeper into, into Paul. 
but before we do that, um, last week, and I'm not going to re-preach all, all, of, all of last week, but last week we talked about a man named Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus was a man who, who wanted to come to Jesus. And Jesus, in that encounter, reminds his disciples that the whole reason why Jesus came into the world was to seek and to save the lost. That was it. This is, this is the mission of Jesus. And, and we learned last week that Jesus is actually inviting us to be a part of that mission. And that was, that was last week. To join him. Uh, I'm not going to repeat that. Uh, we're trying to record the messages and put them online. You'll hear more about that. Uh, so in case you miss a Sunday. But that was, that was last week's message. But one thing we said last week. One element was that the first thing that Zacchaeus did was he discovered a faith in Jesus. He came to a place where he was able to discover who Jesus was and that transformed his life. He had a, a deep desire to encounter him and he actually took steps on this journey of faith. So that is what pushed us to at least to ask, for me to ask this question. Well, what about others in the early church? How did they take steps of faith? You know, there's, there's men and there's women, there's people from different backgrounds, different situations, people who were very religious, people who were not religious, but many took steps of faith and they discovered who Jesus is and began a faith journey. Well, what was it like for them? What was their faith journey like? And, and looking at their stories, looking a little bit at their histories, my, my thought is, what can we learn from them? What can we learn of what God did on their faith journey and to recognize that each of us are taking steps so we hopefully are saying, God, I want to take a new step today in my faith journey to, to know you more. And so for the, the next few weeks, we want to take different individuals. We want to look at their lives, dig a little deeper under the surface, and see, do we learn anything about their faith journey? And do the lessons that they learn or what happened in their life, does that speak into our lives? Is there something that, that can challenge us is there something that can encourage us to go deeper in our faith with Jesus? You know, I just want to mention something here as well as we get started that really, no matter where we are on our faith journey, I really want you to feel welcome here amongst, in this place. Whether you're skeptical, whether you have questions, whether you have doubts, whether you don't know about whatever your experience, whatever your background, I'm hoping that through the stories that we look at, it will speak into our lives as well. Or maybe you've been following Jesus for many, many years. Uh, then there's steps that we need to take for those of us who've been walking with Jesus. So just no matter who you are, I just want to encourage you to, to go deeper. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's our, our desire. So today... We're going to focus on Paul. This is why it's the uh, worst case scenario. Because okay? it's like, you know, you ever hear those worst case scenarios? Like, okay, if the worst thing happens, then we'll do this. 
Or the, the, if this happens, well, this is what's going to happen. So what if I, I, I thought, well, who shall we start with? Well, let's start with the worst case scenario. Right? <laughs> you know, you kind of picture maybe that's not what it is, but it'll become clear as we, as we go into it. Now, Paul, we read his conversion story. We read the Ule version of what happened. Um, I say Ule because Sony and I like to watch the uh, Finnish news in the morning as a way of improving our Finnish language. And like, we wish we understood what they're saying, but we, we can understand the weather. We can understand the weather, among other things. But uh, it's, it's like the news story. It, it, you know, Acts 9 gives us, this is what happened to Paul, and he was going to Damascus, and we get step by step, if you will. Uh, he was a man who persecuted the church. He imprisoned disciples, both men and women. He was relentless in this pursuit. Uh, but he was someone who ended up writing more books in the New Testament, <laughs> someone who planted more churches around the Mediterranean than anyone else, someone who was probably the one of the most well-known Christians in all of history. And so the question that I have is, what happened? What happened? Paul experienced a transformation so significant that three times in the book of Acts, his story is told, his conversion story, how he met Jesus, how he discovered who Jesus was, and how he began to walk with him and to serve him and to give his life to him. Three times, Paul, that, that story comes up. It's a, it's a compelling story. It's a, it's a transformation that, that it was, it's just so evident. And you kind of lean in. It's like, wow, Paul, um, tell us more about that. You know, it's just, obviously, it was so transformative. You know, I asked myself the question, you know, wouldn't you want to know more about this? How does a guy go from threatening standing there at the death of Stephen, giving his consent, go from writing the books to the New Testament. I mean, what happened, right? Wouldn't you like to know? What did he experience so radically? Now, we know about the light. All right, maybe our mind's thinking, well, he had this encounter, that this, this light, and he fell, he fell down to the ground, and he's blind. Yeah, that, that, that's part of the experience. It's a big part of the experience. And Jesus speaking to you, you know, Christopher, Christopher, you know, <laughs> or, you know, or Sonia, who would like to hear Jesus speak? I'm not sure. It's kind of, yeah, maybe, maybe not. It'd be kind of scary, maybe. I, I don't know, hearing the voice of... of um, of Jesus, it's so definitely this is part of it. But if you were to sit down with Paul over a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, I'm not sure what he drank. I have to ask Richard what he drank in those days. But uh, <laughs> you can tell me later because we'll be there for a little while. Um, it, it's good. It's good. <laughs> but so if we're to sit down with Paul and say Paul and, and Saul becomes Paul, um, tell us more. And he, he, let's just imagine he's drinking coffee, all right? You know, some good Finnish coffee or whatever. Good Finnish coffee? Okay, that's a different story. Having some coffee. And he, he takes a sip. What would he tell us? How would he say it in his own words? Would you like to know that? What if I were to tell you that we find in Scripture Paul doing exactly that? 
that there is a moment when Paul sits down and he writes a letter to someone he wants to transmit his faith to. Someone he wants, someone he calls a son in the faith. Timothy. And he says, Timothy, I want to help you discover more about following Jesus. I want you to know what it means to discover faith more deeply. In fact, when Paul writes to Timothy, he tells him uh, what happened. He tells him how it happened. He tells him why it happened. And in fact, those are the three things I want to share with you today. We're going to start with what happened. In a few moments, we're going to say, okay, well, that, what happened? Then, then Paul's going to say, well, not just what happened, he's going to tell us how it happened that he uh, came to discover more faith. And then finally, he's going to tell us the why. So first, what happened? And, and we find this in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. 1 Timothy 1, verses 12 and 13. It's amazing that when Paul begins to recount in his own words to Timothy about this, this episode of discovering deeper faith in Christ, the first thing he says is, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord. He, the, the, the very thought of what Jesus did in his life fills him with thankfulness, with gratefulness, so, so from the very beginning, we are realizing this is a very deep, emotional, transformative experience for Paul. The very thought of it, Paul's like, wow, I am so thankful for what happened. So what, what did happen? What did happen? He says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. So that's what we said before, that he's, he's been planning churches. He's been used to, by God to, to preach the gospel and do so many things. And, and Paul's thinking about that, that God actually, Jesus actually appointed him to come and follow him, to come and serve him. But then he says this, even though... This is where we get participation points, right? Even though I was once a blasphemer. What else? And a persecutor and a violent man. So he's a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a violent man. I didn't say that. You didn't say that. Paul said that about himself. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance. In unbelief. You know, Paul uh, doesn't race to talk about the light or the, that we understand. We already talked about that. That's, that's part of what he, he brings up. The fact is that, that something happened. I was a violent man. I was a persecutor. I was a blasphemer. And we just read a little bit about that in the book of Acts. And he says to this, but I, I acted. I was an ignorant man. I did not know what I was doing. I acted in, there was unbelief in my heart. So, so what happened, Paul? Here's what happened. I was shown what? Mercy. 
I was shown mercy. He says that when Jesus appeared and, and Jesus spoke and Jesus invited me, yeah, yeah, the light was great. Hearing the voice is great. But what was happening through all of that, Jesus was showing his mercy to me. Even though I was all these things, even though I was ignorant, even though I was unbelief. You know, I, I, I thought about this, and isn't it true that we're all searching for answers in life? Come on. Everyone, whether your background, whether you're Christian, non-Christian, people are looking for what's my purpose? How do I spend my life? Where do I go with my time? You know, relationship-wise, we, we, there's, there's so many answers that people, the big questions of life, people were looking for answers. You know, why am I here? And so forth. And Paul sincerely thought he was doing the right thing. He sincerely, if you were to talk to him, Paul, why did he race to church to church or synagogues trying to get letters and to put people in prison? Because he was protecting the faith. But in his own words, he says, I was actually persecuting Jesus. But the same Jesus, the one, I don't get it. This is why he says, I thank Christ Jesus. Even though I was this, even though I was this ignorance and unbelief, I was shown mercy. I was shown mercy. You know, it leads me to the second question, really. Because how does someone go from unbelief? How do you go from that state to a state of wholeheartedly serving Jesus through being his own persecutions and so forth? How does that happen? I mean... I mean, we know what happened now. Okay, so you had this encounter and you realized that Jesus was pouring out mercy upon you and inviting you, okay? But how do you go from being ignorant and, and unbelief? How does that happen? I think it's so important that we know other people's stories. Wouldn't you agree? You know, every single one of us here has a story to share. And and being able to get to know each other and hear from each other. You know, when, when we come into Finland, people always say, you know, Sony said a few moments ago that we've been here for five and a half, almost six years. People always want to know what? Why? Well, why? We'll get to that. You know, like, you know, how does someone go from there to here? Why does someone come from one country to another country? You know, you know, if I, you know, Jay, how did you come to Finland? Well, you know, there's, there's, there's different reasons, and we can find out the story, right? There she is. There's the reason right there. You know, how did he get here, you know? And, and there's different stories that we have. But it's a natural question whenever there's significant moments in our lives. Uh, imagine that you're uh, starting a new business, and the business goes well, people hey, well, what did you do to get started? How, how did things, how did you do this or how did you do that? Um, uh, if you're good in sports or music, uh, people may want to know, well, how did you get so good at that? Well, I practiced and did this. And, you know, I'm asking Tom all the time, Tom, you're amazing. How, do you do, how are you so amazing? <laughs> yes, and he's very humble. Or you go to someone's house and they prepare a wonderful meal for you. 
What's the natural question? Can you give me the recipe? Like, how'd you make this? Yeah, I want to know more. Give me more about the story. It's a natural part. We want to know how things happen, and even in difficult situations. You know, family breakups. How did this happen? Moments of depression and weakness. How did I get to this place in my life? How is this happening? Or why also? So it's a powerful question. So we asked Paul, so what does Paul say? How did this happen, Paul? Was it because of the light? Was it, yeah, it was the vision of Jesus. And then that was part of it. I'm not minimizing that. But again, if we go to Paul's own words, what does he say in verse 14? In verse 14, Paul tells us, here's how it happened. He started by saying that, that, that mercy was shown, but then he goes on. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly. Along with the what? With the faith and love that are in who? In Christ Jesus. Do you see what Paul's doing? Paul is not taking any credit whatsoever. But what he is saying is, there was something that I experienced, and that was the grace of the Lord. Now, this brings up a very good question. We talk about mercy, and we talk about grace. And so we don't have time to go through all the differences, but here's a couple differences. Mercy, when Paul used mercy... He says, I was a persecutor, I was a blasphemer, I was all these violent, I was a violent man, but God had mercy. He did not get what he deserved. He deserved to be treated one way, but he wasn't. He was shown mercy. But grace is interesting. Grace is you get something. You, you get something that you don't deserve. So mercy is you don't get what you deserve. But grace is getting what you don't deserve. Did you get that? Do I need to once more? So mercy, you deserve something, but you don't get it. You deserve to be put in prison or do this or do that because of crimes, but you don't get it. You were shown mercy. The judge showed mercy in you. But grace is you didn't do anything. To deserve something, it comes as a gift. It comes as a grace. It comes as something that, that here it is for you. And Paul says, not just was I shown mercy, I was shown grace. It was poured out on me so abundantly that something happened inside of me that overflowed with faith and love that came from Jesus Christ. Paul had this encounter where God began to work inside him, that God poured out his goodness on Paul, and Paul testifies. He says, you want to know what happened? You want to know how it happened? I am a recipient of the mercy and the grace of a loving God. That's what changed me. That's what made everything different. It wasn't because Paul was intelligent it wasn't because Paul had more giftings and more abilities. God would certainly use those. 
But it was, it was all this happened that Paul had nothing to do with it. It was all that Jesus did in Paul's life. And that's what the gospel is about. That's what, when we talk about faith, we're not talking about a religious system. We're talking about what Jesus accomplished for you. What Jesus did on our behalf. Not us trying to earn or deserve something for God. It's not us working, if I do this and I do that, and if I work really hard over here, then God will, I deserve something from God. No, 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 no. He says, you can't, but I will. And Jesus lived the life that Paul couldn't live. He says, Saul, Saul, you're persecuting me, but I will allow you to persecute me because it's, it's the wounds of your sin that I'm carrying. It's the blood that you're spilling like at Stephen, that was my blood. Your sin, I carried it. And so therefore, I have the power to show you mercy. No, you don't deserve this. It's more than that. He says, you don't deserve this, but I have good things for you. Good things for your life. Mercy, grace, love, faith were poured out in abundance through the gospel, through the good news of what Jesus has done for us. I think so many people struggle with faith because they haven't had this opportunity to really understand what Jesus did for us. It's being clouded by so much religiosity. It's being clouded by so much extra things. And, 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 and so many times, those of us, uh, self-included, who are, who are call ourselves professional Christians or ministers or pastors, it, we, we don't make it easy. We saw last week was Zacchaeus, the crowds were not making it easy for him to discover Jesus. But God's going to give us grace to do it better. Amen? You know, many of us would say the same thing that we've, uh, maybe we haven't persecuted people, maybe we haven't been, maybe we have been blasphemers or, or violent people, but God's shown us mercy. That God has, has given us his love and his grace and we can't take credit for this, that, that we are saying that God has poured out grace in our lives. I'm sure that many of you could say the exact same thing. In fact, Paul, when he writes to Philippians, he recounts all of his things that he did and he calls them just rubbish. It's just garbage. It, this is just in comparison. In comparison to knowing him, the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul is telling us that what, what's happened, uh, the mercy of God and all that what he was was poured out and well, this, how this happened, that, that Jesus poured out not just mercy, he poured out grace upon him. But I think the most compelling is the why here as well. The why. Why did this happen? <laughs> you know, uh, I, I mentioned before that 
a light would be kind of nice. Um, the voice of Jesus, you know, you get up in the morning and Jesus is at the, your bedside. It's okay, good morning. You know, <laughs> you know, you have this, this, this. I don't know. It's like that'd be amazing. And you hear stories. I, I'm going to leave that to God. If He wants to do that, He can do that. You know, if if you've had that experience, that's wonderful. That that's that's let God determine that. Uh, but um, the question is why? Why did this happen? So Paul, as he takes another sip of his coffee, the Sansikupi. Yeah, then the second cup here. Let me tell you why. Why did you experience your faith journey in this way? Why was it that you were experienced all this and this time, the light, the vision, the timing? Why, what, what do you make of it, Paul? Help, help us. Again, he's writing to Timothy. He wants to encourage Timothy's faith. And so he says, Timothy, here's why it happened. And so he tells him in the next verses of verses 15 through 17. And he says, okay, Timothy, here it is. It's just not for you. It's for the whole church. It's for every church that reads this letter. It's for everyone. Here's a trustworthy saying. It deserves full acceptance. Here it is. Christ Jesus came into the world to do what? To save, say it, sinners. You got to do better than that. Come on. To save sinners. Thank you. And then he says, of whom I am the what? The worst. Worst case scenario is if a man like Paul can discover faith, What about us? But then he goes on. I am the worst. But, here it is. For that very reason, that, that, that I am the worst, for that, and because Jesus wants to save sinners, for that reason, in verse 16, I was shown. There it is. Mercy. Here's the reason. Here's the why. So that in me, the Worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display, here it is, might display his what? Immense patience. Aren't you thankful for the patience of God? If you've had this encounter with Jesus for maybe some years now or for several decades or so forth, I am sure you can look back in your life and say, thank you, Jesus, for your patience. <laughs> you know, we have, we won't go there this morning, all right? I'll just leave it. To display his immense patience as an example for those who would what? Believe. For those who would come to a place to hear the good news that Jesus died for you, that Jesus paid your price, that Jesus wants to bring new life to you, that he rose again from the dead, that he, the good news, for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. He says to them, I am an example. So why did this happen? He says, this is, everyone needs to know this. Everyone needs, and he, and he talks again about the mission of Jesus. It's saving sinners. Bottom line, 
those that are far from God, which is all of us, will discover that in Jesus, there's new life, eternal life. Not just living forever, but it's the class of life that is eternal. The, 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 the God-giving life, the, the sense that, that God breathes this, the, His life into us. Just this new life that, that is eternal life. Last week we said with Zacchaeus, the mission of Jesus is to save, to seek and save the lost, to save sinners. And that is why Paul went through everything he went through and why he was shown patience. So that the worst of sinners would come to know faith in Jesus. Patience. I'm so thankful for God's patience. And the idea that, that God is waiting patiently for neighbors and friends and family members, that Jesus is still there willing to pour out grace and mercy. He's there patiently waiting. His immense patience is there for you and for me and for the whole world. That should encourage us and challenge us to share the good news with others. As Paul encountered this Jesus, this patient, this loving Jesus, this merciful Jesus, he began to place his faith and trust in him. As he did so, something happened inside. Faith began to rise in his heart. New life began to flow through him. New strength began to come, as he said earlier. Mercy and grace of God began to peel away the unbelief. Remember when the light came? What happened to his eyes? He couldn't see. And as he began to come close to Jesus, not just physical eyes, but his spiritual eyes were opened, began to peel away his unbelief, his ignorance. And with each new step, Paul discovered that Jesus indeed came to save sinners. In fact, he came to save the worst himself. My grandfather was a pastor for nearly 50 years. My grandfather, great, great legacy. So thankful for my grandfather, his example of encouraging my faith. I remember one time sitting at the, uh, his uh, kitchen table. He always had his Bible opened. And I remember very vividly because he always had these one-liners he would, he would say. And here's one of them that I remember. He would say that, you know, in the version that he had, I think it was the King James Version, uh, Paul calls himself the chief of sinners. The chief. And he, my grandfather would say, you know, Paul is the, the chief of sinners, the worst of sinners, the, the head of the sinners. The worst you can be is the deputy. The worst you can be is the second person in charge, all right? That is what he would say. Uh, the point being is, hey, if the worst case scenario can receive Jesus then all of us are included. 
So why did he experience all this to discover faith? He was an example to Timothy. He'd be an example to others like you and me to look to Jesus. To see him there patiently waiting to pour out abundance of grace, love, faith, and mercy. Jesus went to the cross to make that possible for us. And so no wonder, look how Paul closes this section. It's a spontaneous doxology, a spontaneous prayer and worship given. He says, now to the King Eternal. The only time Paul uses that phrase, King Eternal, King of the ages, the age now and the age to come. Jesus is King over all this. The immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. That's a man who discovered faith, who was overwhelmed with worship, who come to discover and know this immortal, this invisible God through what Jesus did in him. So how about us? How about us? Do you want to experience a deeper level of faith? Do you want to have this type of response of thankfulness? This type of response that says, glory to God, I want to honor God, I want to live for God. And, and, and to have that type of, of transformation on the inside, I, I think that's something that, that many of us here would like to experience more of. You know, we all need Jesus today. Amen. <laughs> We all need you. This isn't some. This is, we all need to, and we all need to discover more of him and to know him personally. To take steps. To discover faith. As Paul did. So what happened? To recap, what happened? Paul was uh, a lot happened in Paul's life. <laughs> a lot, a lot happened. He was a blasphemer. We said all that. But he was shown mercy. Well, how did it happen? Because grace was poured out and love and faith through Jesus. And why did it all happen? To be an example for you and for me. That if we take a step towards Jesus, if we open our hearts toward him, if we allow him to pour into us what he did on the cross, then we will experience it as well. You know, for those who've never surrendered their life to Jesus, Jesus is patiently <laughs> waiting, but he invites you to come discover faith. You know, if, that, if you're here today, and if you've never taken those steps of faith, then you know, talk to me after. I would love to talk with you more and, and pray with you. If you have taken those steps, can I just ask, where, where are you at in that process? Maybe today's a good day to say, Jesus, I, my cup's pretty empty. <laughs> Would you pour? Would you pour love, faith? No. Allow him to fill your life. He's patiently waiting for us to come closer today, to take another step in our faith journey. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you.
I thank you this, this morning that we get to take steps, though they be small ones. We look at a man like Paul and we see this worst case scenario of someone that you would transformed and Lord, how that happened, why it happened, I know this much, that if we come before you, you will open our eyes. You will bring new life. You will begin to work in our hearts in such a way that, that we will have faith grow in our hearts. Would you help us today? Holy Spirit, would you just help us to come closer today? We want to experience and to know you more personally, more intimately. Help us to grow in community here with, with one another. We open our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen.